August 24th, Job 12, 1-15-35. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord God, for your redemptive, Lord, thank you for giving us Jesus Christ as a gift and giving us the mind of Christ. Lord, you gave, you sanctify us through Jesus and you've given us redemption, Lord, and so many benefits, Lord, such a benefit package. You've given us your covenant through yours and Jesus has made it all right. And Lord, we just thank you for it. We receive your gifts. We ask you to open our minds and our hearts, Lord God, in what the Holy Spirit says to us today, Lord. Bless your word as it goes forth to the hearers and the people who read it, Lord, for you, us. Amen. Amen. <coughs> All right, Job 12, 1. It says, Then Job spoke again. You people really know everything, don't you? And when you die, wisdom will die with you. Well, I know a few things myself, and you're no better than I am. Who doesn't know these things you've been saying? Yet my friends laugh at me, for I call on God and expect an answer. I am a just and blameless man, yet they laugh at me. People who are at ease mock those in trouble. They give a push to people who are stumbling. But robbers are left in peace, and those who provoke God live in safety, though God keeps them in his power. Just ask the animals, and they will teach you. Ask the birds of the sky, and they will tell you. Speak to the earth, and it will instruct you. Let the fish in the sea speak to you, for they all know that my disaster has come from the hand of the Lord. For the life of every living thing is in his hand, and the breath of every human being. The ear tests the words it hears, just as the mouth distinguishes between foods. Wisdom belongs to the age, and understanding to the old. But true wisdom and power are found in God. Counsel and understanding are his. What he destroys cannot be rebuilt when he puts someone in prison there is no escape if he holds back the rain the earth becomes a desert if he releases the water they flood the earth yes strength and wisdom are his deceivers and deceivers are both in his power he leads counselors away stripped of good judgment wise judges become fools he removes the royal robe of kings they are led away with ropes around their waist he leaves priests away stripped of status. He overthrows those with long years and power. He silences the trusted advisor and removes the insight of the elders. He pours disgrace upon the princes and disarms the strong. He uncovers Mysteries in hidden darkness, he brings light to the deepest gloom. He builds up nations, and he destroys them. He expands nations, and he abandons them. He strips kings of understanding and leads them wandering in pathless wastelands. They grow up in the darkness without light. He makes them stagger like drunkards. Look, I have seen all this with my own eyes and heard it with my own ears, and now I understand. I know as much as you do. You are no better than I am. 
As for me, I will speak directly to the Almighty. I want to argue my case with God himself. As for you, you smear me with lies. As physicians, you are worthless quacks. If only you could be silent. That's the wisest thing you could do. Listen to my charge. Pay attention to my arguments. Are you defending God with lies? Do you make your dishonest arguments for his sake? Will you slant your testimony in his favor? Will you argue God's case for him? What will happen when he finds out what you're doing? Can you fool him as easily as you fool people? No, you will be in trouble with him if you secretly slant your testimony in his favor. Doesn't his majesty terrify you? Doesn't your fear of him overwhelm you? Your platitudes are as valuable as ashes. Your defense is as fragile as a clay pot. Be silent now and leave me alone. Let me speak and I will face the consequences. Yes, I will take my life in my hands and say that I really, what I really think. God might kill me, but I have no other hope. I am going to argue my case with him, but this is what will save me. I am not godless. If I were, I could not stand before him. Listen closely to what I'm about to say. Hear me out. I have prepared my case. I will be pro I will be proved innocent. Who can argue with me over this? If you prove me wrong, I will remain silent and die. O oh God, grant me these two things, and then I will be able to face you. Remove your heavy hand from me, and don't terrify me with your awesome presence. Now summon me, and I will answer. Or let me speak to you, and you reply. Tell me what have I done wrong. Show me my rebellion and my sin. Why do you turn away from me? Why do you treat me as your enemy? Why do you terrify a leaf blown by the wind? Will you chase I, would you chase dry straw? You, you write bitter accusations against me and bring up all the sins of my youth. <clears throat> you put my feet in stocks. You examine all my path. You examine all my, you trace all my footprints. I waste away like rotting wood, like a moth-eaten coat. How frail is humanity, how short is life, how full of trouble. We blossom like a flower and then wither like a passing shadow. We quickly disappear. Must you keep an eye on such a frail creature and demand an accounting from him? Who can bring purity out of an impure person? No one. You have decided the length of our lives. You know how many months we will live and we are not given a minute longer to leave us alone and let us rest. We are like hired, hired hands, so let us finish our work in peace. Even a tree has more hope. If it's cut down, it will sprout again and grow new branches. Though its roots have grown old in the earth and its stumps decays at the scent of water, it will bud and sprout again like a new seeding. But when people die, their strength is gone, they breathe their last, and then they, where are they? As water evaporates from a lake and a river disappears in drought, people are laid to rest and do not rise again. Until the heavens are no more, they will not awake, nor be roused from their sleep. 
I wish you would hide me in the grave and forget me there until your anger has passed, but mark your calendar to think of me again. Can the dead live again? If so, this would give me hope through all my years of struggle, and I would eagerly await the release of death. You would call, and I would answer, and you would yearn for me, your handiwork. For then you would guard my steps instead of watching for my sins. My sins will be sealed in a pouch, and you would cover my guilt. But instead, as mountains fall and crumble, and as rocks fall from a cliff, as water wears away the stone and floods wash away the soils, so you destroy people's hopes. You always overpower them and they pass from the scene. You disfigure them in death and send them away. You never know it. You never know if their children grow up in honor or sink in insignificance. They suffer painfully. Their life is full of trouble. Then Elipas, the Temanite, replied, A wise man shouldn't answer with such empty talk. You are nothing but a windbag. The wise doesn't engage in empty chatter. What good are such words? Have you no fear of God? You, no reverence for Him? Your sins are telling your mouth what to say. Your words are based on clever deception. Your own mouth condemns you, not I. Your own lips testify against you. Were you the first person to ever born? <coughs> were you born before the hills were made? <coughs> were you listening at God's secret counsel? Do you have a monopoly on wisdom? What do you know that we don't? What do you understand that we do not? On our side, our age, gray-haired men, much older than your father, is God comfort too little for you? Is his gentle word not enough? <clears throat> what has taken away your reason? What has weakened your vision? That you turn against God and say all these evil things. Can any mortal be pure? Can anyone born of a woman be just? Look, God does not even trust the angels. Even the heavens are not absolutely pure in the sight. How much less pure is a corrupt and sinful person with a thirst for wickedness? If you will listen, I will show you. I will answer you from my own experience, and it is confirmed by the reports of wise men who have heard the same thing from their fathers. From those to whom the, the land was given long before any foreign arrived, the wicked write in pain throughout their lives. Years of trouble are stored up for the rootless, the sound of terror rings in their ears, and even on good days they, they fear the attack of the destroyer. They dare not go out into the darkness, nor fear they will be murdered. They wandered around saying, Where can I find bread? They know their days of destruction is near. That dark day terrifies them. They live in distress and anguish, like a king preparing for battle, for they shake their fists at God. They find the Almighty holding their strong shields. They defiantly charge against Him. These wicked people are heavy and prosperous. Their waists bulge with fat, but their cities will be ruined. They will live abandoned in abandoned houses. They are ready to tumble down. 
Their riches will not last, and their wealth will not endure. Their possessions will not long, will no longer spread across the horizon. They will not escape the darkness. The burning sun will wither their shoots, and the breath of God will destroy them. Let them no longer fool themselves by trusting in empty riches, for emptiness will be their only reward. Like trees, they will be cut down in the prime of their life. Their branches will never grow again or be green. They will be like a vine whose grapes are harvested too early, like an olive tree that loses its blossom before the fruit can form. For the godless are barren, their homes enriched through bri bribery will burn. They conceive trouble and give birth to evil. Their womb produces deceit. Wow. What do you got to say about that? <coughs> really interesting, you know, if you really think about it, a lot of people that say, you know, Job said it's God that's causing it, but yet the devil is causing it. But Job said it's the hand of God that's on top of him, you know, you know, and uh, it really brings out a really good, you know, I have... So the best thing is that I just praise God for the New Testament that we're in Jesus Christ and you know we we God has given us Jesus Christ as a gift Amen. and with that we have the mind of Christ sanctification redemption and one more I don't know restoration or another word but you know um like Romans 5.17 you receive two things you receive the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace <clears throat> you do those two things you will reign in life is what Romans 5.17 says Amen uh, the gift of righteousness now there's about five benefits within so many benefits on it because you know we're moved into the priesthood of Jesus Amen. like we never sinned from Adam Amen. and then the second one is the blessings here on earth Amen. favor favor with man and God favor with earth and heaven Amen. and favor has other other connotations that are Bill Wilson was talking about it was really you know really cool you know favor is uh, uh, it'll come to me in a minute but let me read Job 13 1 through 3 it says Job's three friends weren't saying anything he didn't already know Job had grown up believing the same things they believed about God, but now his experience was shattering those beliefs. Job continued to maintain his friends had completely misunderstood the reason for his suffering. Many of their ideas about God were true, but they did not apply to Job's situation. They were right to say that God is just. They were right to say God punishes sins, but only Job had insight into his own heart, where his friends assumed there was sin, Job saw no adequate fault. Job had no explanation, but he was certain that his friends' reasons were incorrect. Once again, Job appealed to God to give him an answer, 13.3. Job's profound speech illustrates a great truth. To have a right set of doctrine is not all that is required to please God. Truth may become staggering, stagnant apart from real life experience. Suffering can bring a dynamic quality to life and drive us beyond superficial acceptance of truth to dependence on God for hope and life. 
Amen and amen. Okay, honey, you're next. Um, one point, I mean, I think we kept hearing the same thing over and over. Um, but at the very beginning of the chapter, it's in number 15, so 12, 13, I think it is. It says, but true wisdom and power are found in God. Counsel and understanding are His. Amen. So that's very significant. You know, that's only the true wisdom and power can come from God. <coughs> it's worth noting. That is awesome. Um, so the meditation is how, how do you, how do we? I think that was one of the, the benefits that we have power now. You know, we have power to live life, power to prophesy, power to acquire something, power to uh, implement God's salvation plan on earth mm. through power and wisdom and love. Amen. Is that right? Amen. Okay, First um, Corinthians fifteen twenty nine to 58 says, If the dead will not be raised, what point is there in people being baptized? For those who are dead. <coughs> why do it unless the dead will someday rise again? And why should we ourselves risk our lives hour by hour? For I, Paul, swear, dear brothers and sisters, that I face death daily. This is as certain as my pride in what Christ Jesus our Lord has done in you. And what value was there in fighting wild beasts, those people of Ephesus, if there will be no resurrection from the dead? And if there's no resurrection, let's feast and drink, for tomorrow we die. <coughs> Don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. <coughs> Think carefully about what is right and stop sinning. For to your shame I say that some of you don't know God at all. But someone may ask, how will the dead be raised? What kind of bodies will they have? What a foolish question. When you put when you put a seed in the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. And what you put in the ground is not the plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you are planting. Then God gives it the new body he wants it to have. A different plant grows from each kind of seed. Similarly, there are different kinds of flesh. One kind for humans and another for animals. Another for birds and another for fish. There are also bodies in the heavens and bodies on the earth. The glory of the heavenly bodies is different from the glory of the earthly bodies. The sun has one kind of glory, while the moon and the stars each have another kind. And even when the stars differ from each other in their glory. It is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground. When we die, but they will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised again in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised again in strength. 
They are buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as a spiritual bodies, for just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. The scriptures tell us the first man, Adam, became a living person, but the last Adam, that's Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body. Then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like earthly man, and <coughs> heavenly people are just like heavenly man. Just as we are now that like the earthly man, we will someday be the heavenly man. What I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will, will, will last forever. <coughs> but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. Amen. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into the bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Amen. Amen. What do you have to say about that, honey? Okay, well, for one thing, <clears throat> a lot of talk about the resurrection still here. It's not just in the later chapters or, you know, I think Joseph Prince taught us that the, the New Testament has a lot about the resurrection, um, what's going to happen. So, um, <clears throat> I, I like the comparison they give, he gives in 42, it's just about the different um, things, you know, different bodies for everybody, like the birds and <clears throat> humans and how the heavens are different glory for the stars and for the moon and for the sun and what have you but in 42 he goes on to say it's the same way with the resurrection of the dead our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die but they will be raised up to live forever our bodies are buried in brokenness sees a comparison but they will be raised in glory they are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. So, it's awesome to see 
you know, we're going to go into the ground, but we're going to come right up. You know, we're going to be uh, buried because we're weak, but we're going to be raised up in strength. That's great. And um, uh, so just do this. The scriptures tell us the first man, Adam, became a living person, but the last Adam, that is Christ, is also a life-giving spirit. So that's... And so forth. Um, and then it's very cool how it says that we're going to be transformed. And it will happen in the blink of an eye when the last trumpet is blown. And for when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. Amen to that. Um, for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. It's going to be very cool. We will go right through the wall. Fly. Adventure. Full. Amen. So I like, you know, this is kind of, we'll go into, I think it's in, uh, I don't know, I think 1 Thessalonians 5, where they talk about that the, the dead are going to rise first. But I think it also is in the book of John. And death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? And this is a very key point here because it says, for sin is the sting that results in death. Okay? And the law gives sin the power to do that. So, we are no longer under the law, but we're under the grace covenant of Jesus Christ dying on the cross for us. So the more we try, you know, try to fulfill the law on our own, then that produces more sin. Um, but, thank God, He gives us victory over sin and death. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I like what he says here in closing. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and movable. Okay? Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Amen. Let me read uh, 1 Corinthians 15.32. It says, If this life was all we had, enjoying the moment would be all that matters. But Christians believe that life continues beyond the grave and that life on earth is only a preparation for a life that will never end. Our resurrected bodies will be very different from our earthly ones. They will be a spiritual bodies full of glory. Our present bodies are perishable and prone to decay. Our resurrection bodies will be transformed. Spiritual bodies will not be limited by the laws of nature. They will not be weak, will never get sick, and will never die. Christ is the source of all the spiritual life that will result in our resurrection. Christ's new glorified human body now sits his, suits his new glorified life. Just as Adam's human body was suitable to his earthly life, when we are resurrected, God will give us transformed eternal bodies suited to the new heaven and new earth. Paul says that because of the resurrection, nothing we do is useless. 1 Corinthians 15.58 Believing in the resurrection gives us hope for the future. It also gives us purpose and importance. 
So everything we do right now, the resurrection changes everything, even the present. Amen. Amen. That's huge. That's yeah.